0: Welcome to the Psych 101 podcast. I'm your host, Luke D. Maxwell, and I am so happy to be here with my special guest, Erica Arvanitis. Erica is a mental health blogger who has a great story and tells it so well. And without further ado, let's get into it. Hey, Erica, how are you doing?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you so much for being on my
1: podcast.
0: What inspired you to start your blog?
1: Uh, well, let me first just say I absolutely love the work that you're doing. Um, I think it, we're so closely inter- intertwined, like, what we're doing. And I read through your, like, blog and your website, and it's, like, really inspiring and empowering what you're doing as well. Thank you so and much. <laughs> you're welcome. I think we all need a little positive reinforcement time, time. We do, yes. Because uh, we, we're super vulnerable. Like, we need we need the encouragement too. So, um, yeah, what um, I have a mental health blog. It's called Anxiety Erica. And what kind of led me to start, it was about a year and a half ago, um, I started going to therapy, um, because before then life was not so great for me. (laughs) Um, I was, uh, I didn't know I had, I have GAD, which is a generalized anxiety disorder. And, um, I was diagnosed with that and I didn't really understand before that what was going on with me. And I think it was building up for years and years. Um, I was deeply personalizing, um, kind of every relationship I had, whether it was friendship, family, uh, romantic relationships, and I even lost a lot of those relationships because I didn't manage my anxiety well. Um, I didn't have the tools yet. It almost wasn't anything I could control, Um, but uh, I was afraid of everything, too. I was afraid of um, the consequences or what would happen, Um, so I was really limited in my life. And so... Mm -hmm. I made plenty of excuses as to why I didn't have to go to therapy, uh, it's too much money, it's too much time, mm-hmm. I couldn't take work off, you know, those little trivial things that, uh, you stand in your own way about, right. um, but it saved my life, really, um, and I finally stepped out of my own way, and it was my dad who actually told me, he's like, if you don't go, nothing is going to get any better, and, um, so, thankfully, my mom is in the medical profession and she got me um, some sessions where I could try it out with a therapist. And thank God I found an amazing one the first time around, which so doesn't happen for everyone. Um, I feel very lucky um, that I found her. And um, uh, through that, I started. I've, I'm a writer, I've been a writer my whole life, it's just in my blood. And I started bringing a notebook to my sessions, um, to kind of write down things she was saying because I found them so, um, inspiring and I wanted to remember and how I remember things as I write them down. So, um, she loved that idea. And I also would write down like what happened in the weeks so I could explain it to her. And, uh, from that it became like a regular routine. And, um, I had been blogging a little before that, um, I had my own little like silly blogs that I didn't really pitch to, you know, and, um, it was a lot more like literary based because I'm a huge book nerd, like aside from all the mental health stuff. And, um, and when I started therapy, it started coming into my life. So I started to write about it more on those blogs. And I was like, Hey, I kind of have a knack for writing in this specific niche. And, um, I was like, I want more, though. I want it to just be mental health. Um, I don't want to write about this other stuff as much anymore. It, it felt very much like I had a purpose. And um, so I decided, I literally decided one day that I was going to start it. And that's what happened. And it uh, wow. wasn't any like aha moment, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. It, just, it just came over time and you just yeah. did it. And, and I love that that for all the people that I know that have gotten into, you know, blogging or just mental health outreach, it's been kind of, it's just been like, I'm just going to do this and they just do it. And I think that's the step that's keeping a lot of people from this is, oh no, I need to build my audience and I need to do this and this and this and I need, oh, I need a web designer. And like in this, in this age, you don't need that anymore. I used to do podcasts on my phone because that's all I had and I just wanted to do it. And I just did it. And yeah. that's I mean, that is great. I love that transformation. Um so, how long ago did you start going to therapy?
1: Um, it was about I would say about a year and a half ago. Um okay. is when I started going. Um, and yeah, now I go about uh twice a month. And um in the beginning it was uh once a week, uh, cause it was just much more right. intensive. Oh yeah. But um I've been there. Yeah. yeah. But um yeah, it's I it's changed my life in a lot of different ways. It changes um, how I how I react to so many situations, how I think, how I talk to myself, um, how I handle like a lot of my different little, uh, you know, uh, issues that come up with anxiety, you know, and um, yeah, and it's actually the name of my, I thought this was an interesting little anecdote I wrote down, of course I wrote everything down for this. Um, uh, anxiety Erica, the name of the blog, actually comes from an exercise in therapy I did. Where, right. uh, yeah, uh, because um, my therapist had me name my anxiety because it's a great tool to use wow. in order to separate yourself from your mental illness. Because mm-hmm. we are not purely our mental illness. You know, I'm a lot right. of different things and you're a lot of different things. Like, right. I'm I'm very caring. I'm very kind. I'm a huge nerd. I'm like, you know, it's like a lot of <laughs> You know, like I I love my family like it's a lot of different things and like great. so I called her anxiety Erica so when things pop up I can be like anxiety Erica she's such a bitch today you know like she's like you know like you so you can distance yourself from her to realize that you are so many other things
0: exactly. she is wow. that
1: right now you know
0: that's great I, I love that and I, I love I, I I'm trying to think if I've heard of any I've never really heard of that specifically before. Yeah. I've heard of, like, I give names to weird things in my life, like my car or my phone just because, but I never I never thought of actually, like, naming my fears or my problems yeah, so that way right. I could speak to them. That yeah. Is- that's very interesting. and I, and, I, and I love the name, and that's what something I was gonna bring up is I love the name. I love it. It just it rolls off the tongue. It sounds great. It tells what you do, it has your name in it. Um, so I love the name. but as far as therapy goes, lots of people are scared of therapy and they're scared of the unknown. So what was one of the, what were some of the main takeaways from therapy? Like why was it so helpful to you?
1: Oh man. Um, <laughs> I would say it was uh, I would say, it was very helpful to me because it it's a sounding board, uh, for someone that isn't your family or your friend. Cause, um, a lot of the, there's many things people say when I say I, I go to therapy, uh, there's still a stigma, you know, that we all know that, um, unfortunately, but mostly people have been very supportive, but it, it's within that community and they understand they already know that world. But when it's people that, do not have any contact with therapy, Uh, they still kind of have an idea that, oh, I don't need therapy, like, you know, like, I don't need, you know, so it's more the idea that it's a sounding board that isn't a family or friend, because people usually, when I say I go to therapy, they're like, oh, well, you know, I just, I just vent to my friends, I vent to my family members, you know, and like, I'm fine. And it's like, there's an issue in that, like, you know, if people are strong enough to where they can handle their own problems, then by all means, you know, like vent to your family and your friends like they're your sounding board. But for someone that has issues that are higher and more intense and it's a legitimate mental illness, uh, venting to your family and friends is not going to be enough. And um, it's someone who is professionally trained and also is always on your team. They're, they're your personal cheerleader. They're always, always yep. going to be on side
0: their job is to literally be on your team (laughs) and and to support you and to and and that's what that's the thing that about therapy is that i i ask people you know it's like oh i don't need a therapist i don't need a therapist right i'm not crazy i'm like okay first of all that word doesn't mean anything anymore and second of all (laughs) i firmly believe that everyone in the world could use therapy at least once a month
1: (laughs) because we all have
0: problems and the point of a therapist is to help you uncover the problems. Then make an Mm -hmm. action plan to overcome them and be there for you when you need help and i and i just and i love that and i mean i still see a therapist every once in a while not not as nearly as often as i used to but you know every once in a while i'll need it so i'll go see a therapist and my college actually provides them for free i met this great lady and so it doesn't cost me anything except like 30 minutes of time and it's a great help and so many people don't take up on that offer. So if there's anything you can get out of this, it's if you need to just you know, talk to a therapist, a school counselor, um, somebody who knows what they're talking about and who knows how to help you. Um, you've, you've come a long way and I know this is a huge question but as far as your, the vision of your future, you know, far off, you know, how you see yourself, where, where do you see yourself and what do you see yourself doing?
1: Um, I, I, wrote out this question too. I like to care. I'm like a giant, right. but, um, like for the blog, like when I first started it, this is such a, it's, you're right. It's such a big question. And when I started it, I, I was like, I would say 50% like excited and 50, like terrified because right. I really didn't think anyone would give I I don't know if cursing is okay on this, but like, that's the truth. Um, but I really didn't think anyone would care because I'd written about it on like the old blogs before. And like, it was like, whatever. And, um, I, I was like, who's going to care that I'm like talking about like how anxious I am and my anxiety. Like, I don't know that anyone's going to really like take to this. And when I started it, I started the blog back in like May, like middle of May. And, um, when I started the Instagram, I started it and now I don't like, from May to now, I have almost 1,500 followers, and um, it's been like quite a journey. And my blog has almost 200 subscribers. Like, it that's yeah. not oh. as giant, but like for a blog, well,
0: that's- it's that's pretty big, especially just yeah. for May.
1: I've had so many people like DM through Instagram or like me, uh, contact me through the blog and say like. It's like I know, like you may not always hear it, but they're like, I am listening and I am reading and I'm under, like this is changing me. And it's like it's incredibly overwhelming to get that from someone. And I'm a, I'm an empath myself, so like when someone pours out their like feelings, like I'm crying. (laughs) So like it's, I, I I've gotten a DM from a, uh, an old like an older woman who's like, I if I hadn't read your blog, I would never understand that I did the things I did. And it's, wow. it's incredibly, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. And like, wow. the, um, I had a, like, she was an older woman and she's mm-hmm. she's like finding herself right now in, in her journey. And that's amazing that she's so self-aware and she's wanting to change. Cause I feel like once you hit 50 and higher, you're how you are, you know? Like people, mm-hmm. people <laughs> like uh, like yep. more so than not, they, they're they st- stuck in their ways a little bit. And it's mm-hmm. amazing to see someone later in life wanting to change and and be different and, and for themselves. And, um, she was such an empowering person and she's, she, she, I was having trouble at the time. It's hard. Like you were saying in the beginning, like you have to reach out, you have to get an audience, you have to, and those things seem to matter when you're a blogger. And when we're in this community, they don't matter. Like, let's be honest. Like Mm. I don't care about the 1500 followers. I care about the 1500 souls that like, I'm talking to every day those exactly. people matter, but I don't care 1500 5 10 whatever like 12 likes I don't care it's <laughs> it's really hard to not care because you want like you want to be right. popular you want to oh, yeah, like everyone to share in the message but honestly if one person sees it one person understands oh my god like she's going through that too I'm not completely alone in this because anxiety makes you feel like you're the only person in the world and oh, yeah. If I can help one person see that they are not alone and that other people go through the same thing every day, then I've done my job. I don't need 1500 followers, you know. Yep. So, and, yeah.
0: yeah, and that's the great I mean that is the greatest response um that I could ever hope for <laughs> is is I don't is is I don't care for the followers. Like, see, that's that's part of exactly. when I got into this. I literally just thought like, I want to tell people. So I just made like this terrible video. (laughs) Apparently people loved um, as far as filming goes, right? But then I just started a blog and it looked awful. And my writing wasn't that nearly as good as it is now, even though like, I don't think I stand up to you, but all right, is that that when I started, right? Is that that I wasn't even thinking about anything. Like I didn't have any social media numbers. I didn't know how to see really numbers. So it, it didn't matter. And i think that's the greatest way to go into this is is not really caring about the numbers more about the individual people and the reason why i love this question is because right as you know when you're in the midst of anxiety or depression or any mental illness you feel like you can never get out of this and yet to see somebody like you to see someone like me or some the other guests that i've had to take that step and say i know i have this problem it's big it's hard it's difficult but yeah. I'm going to do something and actually create positive change. Instead of being a negative effect on the world like you think you are, you believe that you're a negative on the world, you, in, you instead, you prove to yourself and to others that you are a positive effect on the world. And that's, that is a message cheap. I keep on pounding in to every single person who contacts me for help. Yeah, and awesome. yes, so switching gears a little bit, let's talk more about psychology. Do you have a favorite theory or fact or part of psychology that just really interests you?
1: Yeah. I, I, I like racked my brain for this one. Cause I'm not as like technical or like science driven, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I went back and I thought about like the things we've talked about in therapy and like the kind of therapy that I uh, go through. Uh, and my therapist does cognitive behavioral therapy and um, it's really, really helped me. And, kind of the idea that how you think moment to moment really, really matters um, is so interesting to me and I think fascinating. Um, and the fact that it has actually worked is crazy because when I first started therapy, she was tr- explaining cognitive behavioral therapy to me and she was saying, she's she's like, how you think and how you talk to yourself truly um, max out how you behave and how you respond and react to people. Because when you think, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not worth it. Like something's going to end badly. Then you're going to behave in the way where you think everything's not going to turn out right. And you're going to react immediately negative. And so it's amazing how everything affects, like everything goes through the brain. <laughs> and, uh, yep. so kind of like, uh, a thing that stemmed out of cognitive behavioral therapy is, um, um, ants, which are, um, uh, automatic negative thoughts. And, um, something. Have you heard of that? I haven't. That's, uh, oh, okay. I learned something today. Yeah. yeah um, it's uh, created by Daniel Amen and he's, uh, he's like a self-improvement, um, uh, self-help uh, guru author. And um, uh, basically automatic negative thoughts are thoughts that like they enter our brain so many times a day. We don't even understand how many times we automatically think them. Like it's in the name. And um, basically like an example would be, um, like if, say you're walking into work and, uh, you sit down and, uh, this is an example of mine actually, but, um, like my old job, I would walk into work and I would sit down and my boss would always be to my left and she would always say like, good morning or hello, you know? And so I was used to that routine. And, um, imagine one morning you sit down and she's right there and she doesn't say a word. Like, she doesn't say hello. She doesn't say good morning to you. Um, you automatically start to think, oh, my God, like, she's upset with me. She's angry with me. I did something. I did something wrong. I'm not good enough. Like, and right. you, your thoughts start to spiral. And a, a person without anxiety or without mental illness can stop there. They're like, oh, you know, like, like, oh, like, did I do something? They're like, oh, you know what? She's probably upset. She's probably mad. They do that. They go through the AMP process themselves. But someone with anxiety will spiral to a level where they can't function. They can't think of anything else. They can't do their job. And for me, I was sitting there spiraling and ruminating. And I was like, oh my God, what did I do? I have to sit through the next like week and a half. Like what did I did something? And so once you get stuck in that spiral, it's hard to function. And it it seeps through every other aspect of your life. And that's basically what I was doing up until I started therapy to where I couldn't hold relationships. I couldn't do like trivial things because of the reaction I would get and how I would talk to myself. And so he basically defined nine different ants, um, and there's a process for writing them out. So basically my therapist told me uh, in my therapy journal, she's like, whenever something happens to where you have an automatic negative thought, I want you to write down and do a four-step process. And so it didn't matter where I was. I was in the car. Like, that was a little more difficult. But <laughs> I like... Whenever you stopped, don't write and drive. Don't do that. But um, <laughs> the PSA. But um, uh, in the car, like out, like in a restaurant, at a, at a bar, didn't matter where I was. At work, I had my therapy journal. I had my therapy journal with me wherever I was. And it was a little smaller than this, so I could fit it in things. But I would whip it out, and I would literally write it down. And it, it's that actual practice of doing it. Immediately after that, like leads you to a level of where you do the four-step process in your head in a matter of seconds because you're so used wow. to it. And um, that's what I do now, but I still write it down because it's it's um, cathartic for me and it's it's how I self-care. So, but the actual four-step process um, is the step one is writing out the actual event of what happened, and so it would be like example. I sat, I, I came into work, I sat down, and my boss didn't say hello to me. And that's like, you're writing that down. And then the step two is the actual ant. So it's writing out the actual automatic negative thought that you immediately had. And so like examples of that would be, she doesn't like me, or she's angry with me, or I'm not good enough. I should have done better. I'm a failure. It's like, it's you're being very honest with yourself. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be authentic when you do this kind of work. Because you can't lie to yourself. You can't be like, oh, I wrote (laughs) That's Cheating the whole process, you know. And um, the third step is, they say species, but uh, I think that's like a weird word to say. Mm -hmm. But um, it's basically identification. It's identifying the type of irrational thought that you are having. And um, there's nine different uh, labels. And the first one is always or never thinking, which is you're thinking in words like always, never, no one, everyone, like every time, like Hmm. I'm always a failure. I'm always bad at my job. And the second is focusing on the negative, which is you're just always thinking of the worst possible outcome. And then it's mind reading, um, which is believing you know what the other person is. Sorry. You know what the other person is thinking without them even having told you. And, um, that's one that uh, is very popular, up in this uh, uh, and if for a lot of people, it's positive. They just don't know the label for it. We do it all the time. And uh, the next one's thinking with your feelings, which is believing negative feelings without ever questioning them. And that's we do that all the time. And then guilt beatings, which is thinking in words like "I should have done this," or "I ought to done that," or like "I have to do this," or something like that. And then it's labeling, which is you're just attaching a negative label to yourself or to someone else. And then there's personalization, which is real common in anxiety, which is innocuous events you just take to have a really personal meaning. Uh, and um, and the last one's blame. You're just blaming someone else for your own problems. And um, the very last step is uh, you kill the ant, which uh, you basically is talking back to the irrational thought and step four can look like a lot of different things. Um, it's however you express yourself. Like you can draw, you can do whatever you want. But for me, it's literally vomiting reality. And his, his anxiety is so irrational that I was like, I how you would talk back to that specific scenario is, I don't know what she's thinking. I don't know what my boss is thinking. She could be having a terrible morning. She could be, she could be in going through a breakup right now. She could be, just not paying attention. There's so many different things. I don't know her. I don't know her brain. I'm not inside her brain, and I have to focus on my work. I have, I have to continue to do what I'm doing. So it's it's a really intensive process, and it takes so much work. But once you get that process through your head, you I, you literally can do that in your head in like four seconds. Like say someone bumps into you.
0: Wow. In right. See yeah.
1: someone literally just bumps into you in the middle of the street. Like. If you had anxiety like this and didn't do this process, you would be thinking hours later, like, oh my God, like, why did I do that? Why did I do that? But if you had that second process, like that process, you'd be like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, you know, like it happened and I did this. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's, it takes so much effort, but it's crazy now that a year and a half later, I can literally do this so quickly. And cognitive behavioral therapy so has such an impact. And I think it can benefit Mm -hmm. so many people.
0: That's amazing. I, (laughs) I, I've never heard of that before. Like I have my own systems for dealing with things, but that is, I, I absolutely love it. Uh, that is amazing. And Mm -hmm. I will definitely be taking that and using that, um, with people that i talk to because anxiety, you're right. It's so irrational, but it feels totally rational in the moment. And it just leads you into this spiral, right? Exactly. And having something—it's almost. It reminded me. You're talking about this. Almost. It reminded me of almost kind of like you're in the army. You're just drilling like over <laughs> and over and over again until you can do the drill without like even waking up. You just do it in your sleep. Yeah, and yeah. This is and this that reminds me of that. And I think sometimes that's what it takes—is that repetition, over cool. and yeah. over yeah, and over again. Yeah. And you get kind of sick of it, probably. Like, no. I'm wondering because I'm I'm thinking like like, oh I have these thoughts again oh I have to do this entire thing again I mean if it helps I mean I'm sure like I would not feel that way but no you um,
1: would like I had I had days because on top of that she had me for like just cognitive behavioral therapy you have to Mm -hmm. because I have like a lot of the root of my anxiety stems from not feeling good enough so she Literally had me. She's like, "I'm gonna have you say these mantras to yourself every day." And I was like, oh, "Okay, I'll say it like five, ten times a day." She's like, "No, Erica, you're gonna say it to yourself a hundred to two hundred times a day," and I was like, "No." <laughs> and wow. And it's, it's a lot. And the thing is, is she she did that on purpose because I didn't believe it a year and a half ago. So right. the more you say it to yourself, the more you, and she had me look in the mirror and do it too, and that's really hard. And the, the more you practice the repetition, the more you start to believe it. And you just have to force yourself. And it sounds terrible, but you have to, you have to, it's like you said, the drill sergeant. It's like you have to be a drill sergeant. And um, once you get it in your head, then, then you start to behave a different way and you start to re- react to people a different way. And it's,
0: exactly.
1: Proof. <laughs> like a lot yeah,
0: of exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Patterns of thoughts. Um. Because yeah. I'll. I'll. I'll have said this, I've said that. I said this before. I forget whether it was on the podcast or just to somebody. I said. You know. Look in the mirror and tell yourself that you are beautiful. That's right. It was a video that I posted. I think for Fourth yeah. of July. For some yeah. reason, I did on Fourth of July. <laughs> I don't remember why. But you know, I was like, look in the mirror and tell yourself these things. I just went on a list of just, you know, you're beautiful. You're amazing. You're worth it. You have so many talents, skills, blah, 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 blah. And, um, and in fact, a friend of mine, he works with people with confidence and he has, and he tells them, okay, I want you to write down, you know, 10 things about how amazing you are in the morning and night for a week. So you have 140 things about, about what you're grateful for and how you're amazing. And it seems impossible to actually do, but once you do it, you're just stricken back. You thought, "Whoa, like yeah. maybe you're actually telling the truth, and maybe my mind is lying to me." Yeah, I so I many think we
1: things could things that, can, that come of that too. Like actually writing down like what you're grateful for, like what you're good at, mm-hmm. and what like positive things about you, because not only can you go back and refer to those things when you're in a like like anxious spiral, you can be like, well, "I'm still, like, I'm not good enough. I'm terrible." and then you can be like oh look at this list i wrote down like i am actually good at things and i can i can talk to myself positively and then also the action of writing is really therapeutic because when you're writing something you're focusing on what you're writing you're not focusing on the ruminating you're doing on the spiral that you've created so it's there's so many amazing things about writing <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah, I am a huge fan of writing, and I feel that we could go on forever about all the different things that we've experienced. And um, thank thank you so much, Erica. I would love to close. Um, what is the best way for people to find you online?
1: Find me online. Well, my blog is anxietyerica.com, and uh, my Instagram is uh, that's normally where I post the most. Um, it's just anxietyerica. Uh, so those are probably the best ways
0: uh, to find me. Mm-hmm. Great. Yep. Check her blog out. It's a great. Her Instagram is great. I'm following you. And I wanted to finish up, wrap up with a quote that you posted a, a little while ago. So I feel a little, a little creepy. But <laughs> um, it, it's a, it's a quote you posted a while ago, and I loved it so much. I had to, I had to just finish up with this. Awesome. It, it says, uncertainty is inevitable. Instead of trying to control the outcome or wish it away. Let's practice acceptance and choose to see the future as open, not empty. I love it. I love that last see the future as open, not empty. Those, I mean, they're essentially the same thing, but they're completely different. Take that away. Visit Erica at anxietyerica.com and on her Instagram, anxietyerica. She has great stuff. I'm... Sure, she's going to continue to post great stuff. Thank you so much for being on my podcast, Erica. You can find show notes and more information in the links we talked about on the show notes at slash podcast. Erica will be right up there on top, and you can check out everything we've talked about. Thank you so much, Erica, and continue to be unashamed.